Well, hello everyone and welcome back to Crosswires. It's James here and I hope you've had a fantastic week. This episode we're going to be talking a little bit about scams. And not the nasty phone scams that you get from those call centres, but we absolutely want to do an episode on that. No, this is scam technology. The, the products you see adverts for after almost every YouTube ad and that tell you many, many things about what they claim to be able to do. And there's one YouTuber who's been on a quest to bust those scams. Would you all please welcome to the show Crazy Ken from a Computer Clan. Hey guys, how are you all doing? It's great to be here. It's lovely to have you. And um, I have to say, I'm genuinely surprised you wanted to come on to our humble little show and, uh, and talk scam busting. Thank you so much. Yeah, I love doing this. It's It's been one of my goals for 2022 to be on more people's podcasts, and I... I like to do it whenever I can, so this works out great. Awesome. So before we get into scamming, I mean, we, we're not scammers. I'm, I'm not, I can say that. Oh, yeah, no, you're definitely not. <laughs> Ken, do you want to tell us a little bit about yourself, maybe a little bit about your channel? Let, let people know a little bit about why you might be an authority on this. Absolutely. So, as you heard earlier, my name is Ken, stage name Crazy Ken. I've been running the Computer Clan YouTube channel since 2007. It's actually one of the longest-running tech YouTube channels Ever. It's still going today. And the three legs of the stool, if you will, are rare and retro technology, new technology, and then the one we're going to be talking about today, scam technology. I, I like to humbly say I specialize in all three, and I like making episodes and video content about all three of those legs. The scam technology has been like the, one of the more recent things I've been doing. Just kind of happened on a whim. You know, I saw some shady-looking YouTube ad for a product, and it kept popping up, and I was like, somebody's got to talk about this. So about two years ago, I just did a, a Crazy Ken's Tech Talk episode about it, dissected it. It got like 1.8 million views, and I'm like, okay, we're going to keep doing this. <laughs> and I, ju I just keep debunking other scams. Like, I, I do one about like every month or so, sometimes more. And yeah, it's been a lot of fun. I'm working on two or three right now simultaneously with some other good episodes and uh, yeah it's been fun computer clan since 2007 now i have a question for you yeah does that mean that you now unless my reckoning is wrong does that mean that you've been running longer than linus tech tips so i was actually in a in a cab once uh, just just like a month and a half ago going to the airport and we were talking and the guy was like are you even older than linus and if i remember i think linus actually started like a little bit before me though i think he's actually a little well, older he is a little i think he's definitely but hey it's it's fantastic 2007 and mm -hmm. you know just thinking back to how youtube was oh, back then oh my gosh yes dude back in the day for for the young whippersnappers listening we <laughs> The video description was on the side. Like, you didn't go down below to the description. The description was on the side. You didn't have a like button. You had stars. You could rate a video five stars. Yes. 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 And 10-minute yes. upload limit, 100-megabyte file limit. Beautiful days. <laughs> um, and wasn't it 360p at that point? Yeah, it was or pretty... Dude, it was pretty small. Like, it was so low res that the default video player size in your web browser was typically more pixels than the video was. So there was a button you could click to play the video at its native resolution, and it would typically shrink down even because wow. it was so small. <laughs> Whereas now, you know, and I do YouTube content as well, and I'm like, no, 4K. Yep, you got 4K, 8K, HDR, you know, 60 FPS. It's insane. <laughs> and isn't it fantastic how, I mean, on a slight tangent... How accessible YouTube is for, you know, creators who, you know, don't necessarily have all the gear and all the technology. Because you can post to YouTube now from almost any device. And when you've got wonderful editing tools on iPad and mm -hmm. on tablets, I just think it's fantastic. But it, it is yeah. great to, to speak to some veterans like yourself. So let's dive into scam technology. So the first thing I wanted to ask you is, obviously, these products have been around for quite a while. You know, I'm trying to think of like the um, the heaters, for example. Mm -hmm. They have a they're not a new thing. They but do you think that we're starting to see more and more ads for this, and more and more people? I want to be careful how I say this, but more and more people falling for them because of more and more people coming online. I think it's fair to say. So, like the whole like mini heater thing, I've been debunking. Honestly, is one of the better products I've debunked because mm. a lot of those things 
technologically are not too hard to make, as opposed to like the mini air conditioners, just from a thermodynamics level. That stuff is like impossible. You can't have refrigerant yeah. and compressors and all that stuff in such a tiny box. But a tiny heater is not too bad. You know, you have you know ceramic pads in there and wires and coils, and it's not too bad from a technology perspective. But I believe we are, back to your question, seeing more people getting tricked, despite the products being around for years. We're seeing mm. more people getting tricked because it's so freaking easy to advertise this stuff. Just like you talked about liberating people to make it more accessible to upload to YouTube. That's how that's how all these other products are working to make people uh, be able to advertise their stuff. There's so many free website building tools. There's Shopify. There's yeah. uh, there's so many books that teach similar formulas on how to make uh, PPC ads, pay-per-click ads. So it, anybody with even just like a little bit of background in the internet and advertising can pick up a book and learn how to run a video ad campaign through Google and learn how to open up landing pages on Shopify. And that's the other thing I love to debunk on my YouTube show. I don't just like to debunk the product itself. I like to debunk the technology around the product, which mm. includes the videos, the methods people use to make the videos look real, but they're really fake, the methods people use to make fake countdown timers on their websites or false images on the websites. There's so many fake things that happen on the websites and in the videos that trick people. And it's so easy to make that stuff nowadays with, again, tools like Shopify or like easy video editing applications. It's crazy. <laughs> and, and, you know, one day we are going to realize that the CEO of these companies actually do look like stock imagery. It's, it, yeah, it's, it, that's the other funny thing. Like, I, most people probably wouldn't notice this, and that's why I, again, love making the show. There are companies that will claim they're from London, and they'll be from, like, China, and they'll be like, hey, here's a photo of our founder, and, like, it, it's it's a stock photo. Like, I reverse image search it, and, like, it's everywhere, and it's like, guys, for real? <laughs> Come on, really? It's, it's incredible. It really is, and... You know, as you said, the fake countdown time is that sense of urgency, like mm -hmm. you're going to miss out on a deal. Yep. And, you know, with, with all respect to, you know, I don't want to offend anyone listening to the show, but maybe if you've not spent as long on tech or it's not something you are passionate about, you might be more tempted by that. And do you know what's really sad? It's not just the scam products that do this. It's things like some of the more aggressive antivirus makers use the same tactics. Oh, really? I, I guess I haven't yeah. looked too into that, but uh, yeah, like in a recent episode, I even mentioned countdown timers are used not just in scam products, but they, they do have a legitimate use, even though they're kind of annoying sometimes. There are more ethical uses for them, yeah. and I also do come from a marketing background. I worked, in okay. a I worked in a video ad agency, and I don't talk about this a lot, but I worked in a video ad agency that works with marketing, and that was about six years. I learned all the tricks people use, yeah. and there are ethical ways to use them, and then there's these scam ways that people abuse them, and they're all over the place. Absolutely. I mean, look, you know, we one of the common things in these scam videos is they love stock footage, right? Oh, yeah. Stock footage, though, has its real benefits. If you are a small Absolutely. producer or a small ad house, you can't necessarily go and shoot a load of B-roll. Right. So it makes sense to use it. You know, I, I do video projects for lots of smaller organizations on the, you know, on the side, and to be honest with you, you know, Crosswire's videos, I can't afford to go and shoot everything. Absolutely. So I would... Uh, you know, if I okay, so I've got an episode coming up on a legit. It makes me smile because you did um, a, a scam buster on the unlock all the TV content for free. <laughs> yeah, the TV fix. The oh. TV fix. I'm actually doing a genuine episode on the HD Home Run by Silicon Dust, which is a legitimate network-based TV tuner. Interesting. Yeah. Oh, it's a great device. It really is. Um, but. I'm going to need to use stock footage of things like TV antennas and maybe TV sets yep. to get, you know, to add that content. Oh, yeah. I, I did the same thing in my TV fix episode. Like, there were some... I needed some shots of, like, an actual dish so I could, like, outline the parts of the dish. And, like, I didn't have a good place to do that and get up high and photograph that. No. How quick I had to turn this episode around. Yeah, I'll, I'll get some stock footage. I'm an affiliate for ArtGrid. They have tons of video, so I do use them. And yep. I also do use Pond5. Like, there are good places to get stock footage and use them for real reasons. Absolutely. Or, yeah. So one of the questions I also wanted to dig into a little bit is because your videos, you are not just saying, oh, this thing's rubbish, this thing doesn't work. You really do some deep dives. I yeah. mean, the power 
saver. Yeah. Oh. oh my gosh. Do you want to tell people, because in case people haven't seen this episode. Dude, that one was one of the most challenging and most fun ones I ever made. I also had to turn around the editing for that in like three and a half days. For those who have oh, seen wow. it. Yeah, for those who have seen it know how complex it is. It was a lot of footage and a lot of mm. animation, and it was like all done in three and a half days. I'm honestly surprised that I pulled it off. But anyway. Yeah, there's um th- there's this scam that goes by many names, and other YouTubers have covered it as well. Uh, where it- it's a box that you claim it claims you can plug it into an electrical outlet and it saves up to ninety percent on your energy bill, but that's impossible. There's yes. no way this thing could let's just say communicate with your appliances to magically save electricity. Now, in the real world, in like the industrial world, yes, there are ways capacitors can be used with big motors and things like that to help save wasted power. Uh, there's a whole difference between apparent power and real power. My episode goes into that. But in and, and the industrial world, you know, companies get billed for both of those things typically. But in a residential area, you don't have much wasted power. So you don't get billed for apparent power. You only get billed for real power. So yeah. even if this device was miraculous enough to you know, be a magical capacitor that could save apparent power. It doesn't matter because you don't get billed for apparent power anyway. But the way the people advertise it, they just make it look like, oh, your bills are crazy high. Stick it to the man. Stick it to the energy monopolies. You know, plug this thing into your wall. Hey, plug six of them into your wall while you're at it. That's the other thing a lot of these scam product people do is they try to position, quote unquote, the man as the bad guy. To make yeah. you, the buyer, feel like a hero mm. for getting this device, which it, it, it's just fake storytelling to make you feel like you're part of a movement when really you're getting a, a 50 cent thing from China that doesn't do anything. No. <laughs> One of my favorite ones is someone who I, I wouldn't describe myself as a network engineer professional, but I know my way around networks, you know, and Wi Fi. Mm. Wi Fi extenders and the Wi Fi <laughs> boosters. Oh my gosh. Okay. <sighs> I'm gonna say, so I'm gonna tell me if I'm wrong on this because mm. I, I trust your opinion, right? So you've got a inbound internet connection. It might be VDSL, as is my case, or you might have something fancy. I mean, you know, in Malaya, I'm sure you've got redundant 25 gigabit fiber oh, coming in. I wish. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> but the point is, you've got a, a specific inbound internet connection which has a specific allocated upload and download. No device in your house, no matter how good it is, is going to improve that connection. Yeah. And so I'll, I'll tell a genuine one that happened. I actually just finished working on this. So lovely friend of mine, and I won't name her, but she had laptop trouble. So she took it into a shop and they said, oh, yeah, blah, but the CMOS battery had legitimately died, so they changed it. Mm-hmm. Great. But then she was saying, oh, my internet's really slow. Without them knowing anything about her inbound connectivity... This machine has a 802.11n 300 megabits adapter. Mm-hmm. Okay, They said, oh, no, you need this new adapter to make your internet faster. She has ADSL, so her maximum up download is about 18. Her upload is 0.2 megabits. Mm. No Wi-Fi is going to change that. Mm. that. That sounds rough. <laughs> Yeah, but that's the sort of thing. That's the sort, of, and these are the sort of people who, you know, she's a lovely lady, and I'm not at all. You know, she genuinely will say herself she struggles with technology. Mm-hmm. But these are the sort of people who see the ISPs don't want you to know about this trick. Right, exactly. <laughs> On top of that, that's what I like. Another thing I like to do with these episodes, I show how the scam works. And how the technology doesn't work, a.k.a. Mm. the fake technology. But then I like to flip it and show, hey, guys, this is how it really works. Because now you can identify things that might be bs in the future. So I do talk about, alongside the Wi-Fi extenders and the false advertising, I do talk about, hey, you can actually use access points in your home if you have a bigger house to make your wi-fi faster if it's further away from the router there are real ways to make this happen but it's not some miracle box you plug into an electrical outlet (laughs) no i mean like a prime example my parents place and i've mentioned this previously on the show when we had uh cody from mac telecom networks on to talk a little bit to drool a little bit about unify gear but we're talking about the tp link deco mesh system that's a great example of a legitimate thing you can buy Mm that will improve your Wi-Fi coverage. It's not mm-hmm. going to improve your internet speed, right. 
but it's going to improve your Wi-Fi coverage. You should get closer to the speed that you can actually get from your ISP. Mm-hmm. As we said, you know, it's not some miracle little box. And <laughs> I, I just love the, the marketing, and I love... Isn't it always, correct me if I'm wrong, on the more techie stuff, it's always usually two engineers who figure this out <laughs> oh. and quit their jobs. Oh my gosh, yes. The fake backstories for these scams, I love going into, especially when they steal footage from, like, another YouTuber's channel. Like, it's like, uh, like they were taking stuff from, um, uh, there was some stuff with, like, uh... It was Marcus, wasn't it? MKBH? Uh, Did he get... Oh, I think so, but th- there was another one more recently. I'm kind of blanking on the name because I've done so many of these mm. investigations. But long story short, they'll take footage from other like established published things, not right. just stock footage, like actual other content creators' videos, and they'll just cut them up. But yeah, the fake backstory is a lot of times like an engineer quit his job after he saw the malicious things the company was doing, and they set out to create this thing. It's called XYZ. But because XYZ was so popular, they are they, they sold out. So now they're back in stock, but order soon. <laughs> it's just, oh my gosh, I love it. It's amazing. And it is, you know, it, it's it's a laugh if nothing else, but it oh, is, yeah. you can see why people will love it. Absolutely. Uh, of, co- of course, my favorite one is the product that goes by so many different names, mm-hmm. but doesn't meet its claims. Starscope. Oh my, oh, dude, I was just thinking about that one because I think it's a, uh, about to break a million views. But yeah, the Starscope was a monocular, so think binocular, but just one yeah. monocular, uh, was claiming to be like this great thing that you can zoom in really far away and see far away and ho- attach it to your phone so you can get like a telephoto lens. But optically, I prove how it, it doesn't work. They claimed no. it had zoom capabilities. Optically, I proved there's no motors, there's no mechanics. This thing doesn't have any zoom. No. It's just a fixed prime lens. It's a piece of crap. Um, yeah, that one. That one was amazing. Like that one. Okay, when that one went out, a couple of like photo website, like news websites, picked yeah. it up. So I have people from the industry like texting friends who are texting me, like, "Hey, I saw you pop up on this camera review website because yeah, it was bouncing around everywhere." And the, the advertisers claimed it was like better than like a four thousand something dollar DSLR camera, and it's like. Bro, it's like a little crappy, like hunting, like monocular. Like it's not yeah. that good. <laughs> and look, you know, <sighs> it makes not, not even hunting, just like maybe camping. No. <laughs> anyway, well, go see, ahead. No, no, because uh, I had somewhere in this massive drawers and stuff. Yeah. I have an old monocular, and that was it's an optical, no digital whatsoever, optical yep. monocular, and it was for me back in school. So that I could see the whiteboard from the back of the classroom. Oh. Yeah, because really bad eyesight here. Um, and it was it actually worked. But as you said, it's a fixed prime. The only thing you are doing is focusing. Yep. When we look at things like that, well, you've got to think, as you said, you've got to think about the optics. An iPhone 13 Pro can't zoom much. Be- I think it's a, I think the what they claim to be the three times lens is a 70mm lens. And when they say three times, of course, we're just saying, well, three times more than mm-hmm. our standard lens. Mm-hmm. And you have to have separate lenses. DSLR lenses that zoom anything close to, you know, for example, uh, I live in Bournemouth when we have an air festival every year. One of my favorite times of the year, you know, being able to get any sort of real zoom to the aircraft, you need something like a 300, 400 millimeter lens. Mm-hmm. And for a good one, those are expensive. They are very uh, expensive. <laughs> especially if you're in the Sony world. If you're in the Sony world, <laughs> prepare to mortgage your property just for the lenses, right? Uh, before we sort of move on to helping people spot things, we've probably talked about some of the things that I found the most interesting. For you, what would you say is maybe the, the most interesting scam product or the one that you actually thought, actually, this isn't that bad? Mm-hmm. Yeah, there was, um, I think this was about a year ago, I did a Scambuster episode about the Muama Ryoko, which was a hotspot device. Yeah. So, in short, what these devices do is they take a cell signal from a cell tower and rebroadcast it as Wi-Fi, which lets you connect non-cellular devices essentially to yeah. the cell tower through the rebroadcasted signal, yeah. so like a laptop or whatever. So yeah. in in practice, like that's not too uncommon. 
it, th- those devices do exist, but like well, you don't. G- yeah. G- Sorry to interrupt. Do you remember that Mac world where Steve Jobs had to ask everyone to turn yeah. off oh, their yes. yes, I was just I, in my latest episode about the iPhone four prototypes. I bring that up because yeah, everyone had these hotspot devices in the room, and it was making things slow. That was the best. Oh, Steve I, probably wanted to kill somebody. <laughs> he looks so bad. I mean, I've, I think I've got somewhere in the flat. I think I've got at least one. Hmm. I think yeah, it's a Huawei. It's a Huawei four oh, G yeah. LTE hotspot. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't use it anymore because you know iPhone. Right. So like that's what that was one of the things I talked about in the episode. It's like guys, you don't really need dedicated devices for these because your phones can do them. And like yeah, I have more of a tech centric audience, but there's probably a crap ton of people that don't know you can turn your phone into a hotspot. So oh. that's why I showed that in the episode. I have blown many people's minds when I bust out my phone, go to Control Center, and turn on the hotspot. They're like, "What? You can do that?" What? Yes, I do it all the time. So, but that aside, yes, like the Muama Ryoko, those devices they do work, and I said that in the episode, and I showed mm. the speeds, and it was actually okay. I think the up speed, or it was the down, I think it was the up speed was actually faster than when I get through my actual like what? ISP. Oh yeah. <laughs> yeah. So I, I showed people, hey, this is actually okay. But the claims were what was the problem? There was so many mm-hmm. false claims around the thing. I don't remember them all, but they were really was really it mostly false. around sort of a whole unlimited data yeah, worldwide. That's that's probably what it was. They used the word unlimited and anywhere, like get access anywhere, which you can't if there's no cell signal, you're effed. Uh, yeah. You can't you can't have unlimited because no company that has tower infrastructure is just going to be like oh yeah sure just have as much data as you want when you buy the thing you only get 500 megs then you pay (laughs) for because 500 megs is not a lot of data these days not a lot no freaking way so uh but i do show in short this thing could work uh the company actually reached out to me i never i didn't reply to them yet but if i do Maybe I'll do a sequel episode, but Mm. yeah, they did reach back. And um, another thing is sometimes the companies themselves don't necessarily uh, drive the scam ship. It's the agency that they work with, you know, Mm. the marketing people that do all that crap, which I still don't understand. It's so unethical. Like, you you wouldn't have, like, (laughs) got – I don't know what school you went to to think advertising this way is okay and why you would hire them, but whatever. Um, But, yeah, Buamo Ryoko was one of the better ones from a physical product perspective. I guess the question is what would you say is the absolute worst, or have we already touched on it with a power saver? The power saver was really, really bad. Um, but I would say a recent one was the fake SSDs. I, I just did an episode oh. on that. Yeah. So th- this has been around for a while. Like, the scam itself isn't new, but I, I wanted to do an episode about it where it's like, get an 8-terabyte SSD, 540 megabyte per second speeds. And it's like, no, it's like like a, like a micro SD card, like 64 gigs on, like, a USB 2 board. And it's, like, crazy slow. And But... But, like, um, and as I explained in my episode, there's a controller on the board that tricks the OS to thinking, oh, it's 8 terabytes. So when you plug it in, it looks like 8 terabytes. But as you write data, only about 64 gigabytes, 56 or so, is really going to be safe. The rest is going to get overwritten, uh, and it's going to get corrupted. And I debunked it all in my episode. I showed how it all works and how it doesn't work. But I will be doing a sequel. I will be doing more oh. testing. I ordered. I ordered more. So uh, stay tuned. Because you destroyed that thing. <laughs> yeah. I it, what I was trying to. So spoiler alert. Mini spoiler alert for those who didn't see it. Uh, the I wanted to take the components out to show what they were really using, but the whole thing was filled with glue. They really oh, didn't want you oh. getting inside there. So as I was pulling it out, it, it really did get like broken apart. But you could still piece it together to see. Oh, this is this kind of board. This is a micro SD card. Mm-hmm. So you could tell. But yeah, I do want to do some other tests where I more safely remove the board and see what I can dig up. Yeah, because mm-hmm. it, it, you know, you hit the nail on my head there with the sort of the data getting corrupt. If you bought that SS that SSD thinking. Perfect. I can back up all of my photos <laughs> to this thing. Oh no! If you don't have cloud backup of your photos, bye bye your photo library. Yeah, they're gone. You will have about fifty six, fifty eight gigs free in this case, or saved. Mm-hmm. But yeah. yeah, the rest like they will show up as like blank thumbnails. But when you yeah. open them, it'll typically go like there's an error or something. Yeah, and you know because it's it's funny we talk about SSDs because I literally just bought one the other day. I got. And SSD prices have gone up a little bit in this current component crisis. But what did I get? A two forty gig Kingston drive for a, for under thirty pounds, hmm. and it's a decent drive. It's actually to go in 
and refurb an old laptop for someone mm-hmm. because mm-hmm. hey there's nothing SSDs if you can get affordable SSDs that are the actual capacity that they claim to be they are one of the best upgrades you can do to a laptop because yeah. I mean you'll probably agree with this you know old Macs can have a great life if you put, put oh. an SSD into a Oh, hell yeah. Like, I, I actually, um, you know, Apple has their new MacBook Air coming out mm. soon, so I'm going to be doing some stuff with the first gen to, like, do some time travel. Uh, you know, that was the first Mac that Apple offered with an SSD configuration. That's right. This thing is from 2008. I, I just powered it up, and, like, it's still quick because it has an yeah. SSD in there. It's still pretty darn fast. <laughs> yeah. I mean, that, I remember that machine coming out, and wow, what a um, fun, fun fact. I think wasn't that the same event where they launched the time capsule yes well. it was yep it was Macworld 2008 correct yep because i you can't see it um but there's a time capsule up there oh, and nice. um yeah i uh, one of our youtube videos was me and my father because of my eyesight replacing the drive in it and it still works as a backup appliance today mm-hmm. we wouldn't use it as a wireless router but anyway going back to scan technology i want to talk a little bit about how people can be mindful what are things that we should be looking out for we've made a lot you know we made a lot of jokes about some of the content but if you were to give people a a sanity checklist say (laughs) i mean i don't have much sanity these days but hey my name is crazy ken spelt with a k so how much sanity do i have (laughs) this is true by the way i do have to say that when you watch ken's videos i get such a joy of seeing your uh, you know, we've talked right to our tech on this podcast. I love seeing some of the stuff you have in, behind you. Yeah. I know you've got a C64 yep. <laughs> behind you. I look, I, I, on a slight diversion, I have to admit, one sure. day I want to get hold of some older Macs mm-hmm. and do some fun projects. I've always wanted, I don't know why, I've always wanted one of the G4 iMacs. Those are really fun. Yeah, the whole, like, swivel monitor. Mm-hmm. Like, no other computer looked like that. It was so like just funky and cool looking i just remember seeing it in so going into pc world when we were looking at a pc i said to mom and dad oh can we have that and they're like no it's what expensive <laughs> and we ended up with some horrible little pc anyway going back to the checklist what should people be mindful of and, and how can people protect themselves from scams yeah so super generally i'm just gonna say Mm. even though it does come across as a shameless plug you just gotta watch my show like you got you gotta like (laughs) bathe in it and like it's just like when you get into a new topic and you like start watching something about it like you start picking up on the vocab and the Mm -hmm. buzzwords and everything that's that's really like the best way to like change your mindset is just bathe yourself in my episodes because you'll start picking up on things yeah but in terms of like tangible things there's a few uh, price. I brought this one up in the SSD one. If something just looks too good to be true, it probably is. Always check prices with like name brands and other websites because like yeah. this eight terabyte SSD was being sold for like ninety nine pounds, which or it was eighty nine pounds, which in like American US dollars was like a hundred dollars yeah. or so. Yeah. So to me, I know that's impossible, and I even like broke it down on the thing, you know, with like a, an accounting book. Like this can't be profitable for the business, but like a consumer probably doesn't know a hundred dollars is too cheap. So what hmm. I encourage people to do is, if you see a low price for something, yeah, go to like Newegg or some other reputable site, look for a name brand name brand price, and see. Oh, those SSDs are really like thirteen hundred dollars. Yeah, this one's a hundred. Something's wrong here. So that's a big one. Um. The countdown timers, that's usually a big red flag, and I show this in the SSD episode as well. If you see a countdown timer, take that same link, put it in a private browser window, mm-hmm. like Incognito and Chrome or whatever. If you put it in there and the timer changes, that means it's most likely a fake countdown timer. It's just right. cookieing your session to, you know, to, to see, track. yeah, it's yeah. It's- it's fake right it's not really counting down to anything it's just a fake to make it make you feel urgency to buy so that's another fo- red flag for folks in the uk it's the equivalent of the scs sofa sale all about <laughs> to end <laughs> yeah right right it's like yeah it's like some some there are stores like that legitimately do close and like want to get rid of all their inventory but it, yeah it, like those fake ones that have like ended and closed five times now that's kind of what the fake countdown timer feels like yes. yeah um, yeah, because it used to be the case that, that you know these big like furniture stores will say the SCS sofa sale must end Monday. Come Tuesday, we've got another sale. So mm-hmm. yeah, it, yeah, it's the same sort of thing. What about? Um, obviously, we talked a little bit about stock imagery and sort of the fake bios. 
one mm-hmm. of the things you highlight is the reviews. Yes, I was. you actually read my mind. I was just about to go to that. So don't trust any review on the product website itself. That That's being run by the scammers. Don't do that. Don't trust it. So if you really need a review, like look up that product on YouTube and see if anybody has talked about it. And like reviews are here and there. You know, we may disagree on opinions mm. and stuff. But if something is fake, that's usually not an opinion thing. Like that's pretty factual. A, a reputable yeah. reviewer would say this is being Yes, and that's what I do with my show on uh, the scam busting stuff. So, yeah. yeah, always look up someone else talking about the product outside of the website, some third-party thing that's not being controlled by the scammers. That's usually a good tip as well. Absolutely, and it's worth also mentioning, in general, in terms of reviews, I've heard a great bit of advice. Ignore the five stars, ignore the one stars. Interesting. I, I- I would say that's good. I usually, like, jump to the one stars just to see what people say. Yeah. I always take that stuff with a grain of salt because sometimes the one star reviewers are people that had a really bad day. Yeah. <laughs> um, but, yeah, that's – look at the middle. Yeah, I guess that's a good way to do it, too. I never really thought about that. But, uh, yeah, because I agree. That about, sounds fair. Well, one thing to – you know, obviously, as you said, if it's scammers are controlling reviews on the website, obviously don't look on the website. But on other mm. platforms, sure. they're very likely paying – for reviews. Yeah, I, I forgot what episode it was, but there was an episode where I actually dive into the whole uh, Amazon review bot epidemic, and I don't know how this keeps happening. I still don't really know the math behind it, but so many average star reviews on these scam products are 4.6. It's always 4.6 stars. Not all the time, but like 90% of the time, it's 4.6 stars, and I'm like, why is it 4.6? That just seems weird to me, but I can't really prove... Why? But I think you've hit. <laughs> well, it's interesting because if it was five stars, if the average was five stars, know what people are going to get a bit sus, aren't they? It, think, oh, it's a little sus. too perfect, yeah. yeah. <laughs> but it's four point six. Like you know, when I, when you look at takeaway reviews on, I don't know what. Uh, like I guess you guys have Grubhub and like Uber Eats, mm-hmm. but you know, you you know a restaurant's bad when its average is two point five. Could be, yeah, yeah. But anyway, going back to uh, spotting things. And I guess the other thing is, obviously, would it be fair to say, obviously some of these sites are running on Shopify, but you should, uh, just from a pure privacy and security standpoint, my thought would be, do you know who you're handing your credit card details over to when you're buying these things? Right, and that's the other thing. That's why, generally speaking, I do avoid like any sketchy-looking website. But like, mm. if it's run on Shopify, like Shopify actually has tons of legitimate businesses running. Oh, they on. do. So, yeah. so I I trust that. You know, I always click the padlock and check the SSL certificate. Mm-hmm. But uh, and I use Apple Pay when I can because Apple Pay I I would say is way more secure than just filling out a credit card form. Well, because once that Apple if a, that data leaks, it's useless. Right, because it's just a rolling code or whatever other yeah. like specific terms they use. Like, if you did get a hold of an Apple Pay transaction in plain text somehow, I'm not a cybersecurity expert in that regard, but no. it would it would not show your credit card number. That's totally no. hidden. That's yeah. the whole point, and it's, mm-hmm. it's why, I, it, just as a side note for people, and maybe a fun fact is, typically, it, again, this is maybe more UK relevant, but the reason that Apple Pay is unlimited here in the UK is because it's a tokenized payment, which means there's a second form of authentication rather than just tapping. You have to either have your watch on or your uh, do face ID or do touch ID. That's what allows the contactless system to say, okay, yeah, you can buy you know, a MacBook Air with Apple Pay, whereas the contactless limit for non-tokenized, so just regular cards, is, is £100 at the moment. So there you go. Fun oh, fact. really? Mm-hmm. Interesting. Yeah. But yeah, that that's a good yeah. point. That's another reason why I like Apple Pay because it is just authenticated to you. You know, you yes. do it on your watch. It has the wrist detection. There's a PIN number, Face ID. It just knows it's you. A plastic credit card, anybody can take it. Absolutely, and you know, we don't know. As you said, though, a lot of these shops are using Shopify, and Shopify is a wonderful platform. I have a friend who works for Shopify in their privacy mm. and security team. Yeah. Um, so I trust them completely. So that's the thing to look out for. You know, are they using a genuine storefront? Mm-hmm. As Ken said, check that SSL cert. Mm-hmm. Make sure that it's there. You know, uh, thankfully, most modern browsers will protect you against yeah. SSL things. The other thing to be mindful of as well, and this is maybe a little bit out there, but if, for example, it's a, if, for example, it's a site that might be trying to 
get you to pay with PayPal. Mm. Well, could they be diverting you to a fake PayPal site? The way to spot that is if you use a password manager like 1Password or um, Dashlane, other password managers are, of course, available. Um, they will spot that because the URL of the site that you're trying to fill your login for won't match. Yeah. Yeah, that, that, I would say that is a little more of an advanced tactic. Like a, yeah. a typical consumer probably wouldn't like, spot those things or have those programs set up. But that is a good tip because I, I never really... Yeah, I guess I never really thought about that. Because like, in my situation, if I get a fake email or like a fake mm. PayPal or FedEx email, I can tell it's fake mm. because like I'm so familiar with their branding. I can tell, okay, that's not a word they use. That's not a font they use. But like most consumers wouldn't. No. Um, I mean, you can spot some, you can spot some scams a mile off. Um, but the, sure. But, and we're not really talking necessarily about those type of scams. We're talking more of a scammy products. And again, mm-hmm. I think, as you said, and you say in, I think the message from your videos is, if it's too, if it looks too good to be true, probably it is. probably is. Yeah. Her, you get a lot of submissions for scam products. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I guess what, one question is, oh, do, do you find that you are maybe not overloaded, but do you find people are really enthusiastic to send you stuff? They are really enthusiastic, and I honestly super appreciate it because that saves me a lot of time. Like, in the early days, I kind of had to look around for something to do, but now I get so many. I probably have just, like, hundreds of submissions sitting around, and, like, yeah, I do do them. Like, this SSD one, that was a submission. Yeah. That was a recent one, and um, I've been getting a ton for the uh, the the one I probably got the most submissions for was a freaking like mosquito killer thing, oh, <laughs> and like no. and like and like I might do that. I mean, there's mosquitoes. It's summertime here, yeah. so like, yeah, I might just freaking do it. Uh, maybe. I mean, is it just me as well? But 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 more scammy stuff these days because everybody's always needing to charge stuff. Oh my In gosh. a hurry, fast chargers Dude. and yep. I just got like two more today. That's another really widespread one is like the mm. fast charging stuff and like uh which you know fast charging is a real thing yeah. and I do mm. talk about that in my episodes but like where it crosses the line of reality into BS is like oh this charger can reverse heal your battery and I'm like no it can't. <laughs> so I explain how does a battery work? How do the electrons flow? How does a battery die? So like I explain all that stuff and the two that I've debunked were, I think, the Bolts Pro yes. and uh, the the Multivolts were, like, two really big scam chargers that oh, I have just totally Bolts destroyed. Pro. I'm trying to think of some of my favorite ones that have... You've done, like, fake AirPod Maxes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, that was a weird one because that company, when I started looking into them, contacted me and wanted to send me a review unit. But, like... They never did. And then I think Linus, Linus Tech Tips, yeah. got a hold of a pair. And I'm like, wait a minute. How did, what? I was the first one in touch with them. They were putting my tweets on their website as like social proof, even. And like, he got a pair before I did. I never got a pair. So, like, I was, the, the investigation kind of went, eh, so I just went on AliExpress to get what I thought would be a good yeah. equivalent to kind of just debunk it. But yeah, that investigation was. Full of stolen product photos. That was the big thing I showed was, like, I showed Apple's ads and videos next to the ProPods website. And I'm like, guys, these are, like, frame-by-frame copies of everything. It's fake. And and it is a big area. You know, not just, I mean, so not just the the AirPods Max. To be AirPods Max? Yes. Yeah, that, those are the big ones. But yeah, yeah. like even the in-ear ones, they're, they're yeah. everywhere. Yeah. Well, I, I remember a, a colleague at a former role rocking in with these horrible fake AirPods. I'm like, <laughs> and she, I said to her, sorry, how much did you pay for this? She said, oh, over a bargain for nineteen ninety I'm like, uh-oh. <laughs> okay. And do they work? Well, not really, but I guess that's just AirPods. I'm like, no. Here, no. try my AirPods. Oh, try- my gosh. Dude, my favorite thing to do when I had the fake AirPods with the real AirPods was I would go up to a friend and be like, all right, hey, lift the AirPods. And they'll be like, okay, because, you know, they're all metal. They're kind of heavy. And then I'll be like, okay, now lift these. And they'll be like, oh, my gosh, because it's, like, so light. They're cheap plastic, yeah. Was it you who took the fake AirPods Max to an Apple store? I did do that. So I did, like, an undercover operation. I hit a microphone on myself, and I brought them in to see if a retail employee could spot them. He spotted them so quick. Yeah. But I played dumb. I was like, 
hey, I'm not, I'm kind of new to iPhone. My friend gave me these, but they won't pair. Can you help me out? And he picked them up and he like tapped them and he's like, hey, these are like like a display unit, which I guess is like the next best. I, they technically weren't a display unit, but that's probably how a confused employee would describe them. But yeah, they, they were like, they're just hollow plastic. I'm like, oh, I'm so sorry. I'm so embarrassed about this. <laughs> um, that was just me acting, of course. But yeah, course, I, did yeah. A little, I did a little undercover operation. Yeah. And the, <laughs> the saddest thing about this for me is that all of these scam products are products, fake products, that people want their needs addressing. Like, okay, the stuff I've seen, obviously we talked about AirPods. We talk about Wi-Fi, but mm-hmm. things like TV streamers that are the worst, like, you know, like, um, not even Chromecast, like, some oh. obscure standard that doesn't work with anything. Oh, my gosh, dude. Oh, the freaking TV fix. Yes. Like, I knew, I knew it was going to be so bad from the beginning, but I thought, okay, maybe it's just a Chromecast wrapped in a fake shell. Mm. But, yeah, you're right. It wasn't even that. It was some, like, lower crappy standard that worked like it was oh you gotta you gotta see the episode guys i can't even describe how crappy this thing was but especially compared to the claims it was like what 2000 channels you could unlock no it's like a chromecaster on like cold medicine it was barely a chromecaster it was like a a drowsy chromecaster that worked five percent of the time (laughs) and the saddest thing is but most of this stuff is just some dodgy website Mm. But, as in the, the back end that's supposedly unlocking these sites, because none of it's coming through your aerial. There's no way that's coming through an antenna, as you as you said earlier. But when you look at legitimate streaming products, I mean, one of my favourite budget streaming devices is the Roku Express. Mm. You can get Pluto on the Roku Pluto. Express. I, yeah. So, I mean, I get you know I end up watching so much stuff on there, but. If you think that there's a way to unlock 2,000 channels, <laughs> again, too good to be true. Yep. I mean, um, unfortunately, particularly here in the UK, we, and I guess in the States as well, we have a lot of pe- a lot of those sort of, um, how to say it, hacked hmm. um, Amazon Fire Sticks that go and let you stream. Someone's basically probably put something like a, I'm trying to I think one time I saw someone put a sling box connected to the sky box and sell access oh. to Sky Sports because it's a pre- premium subscription. Right. That, so we just sounds... put a sling box. Oh, no. <laughs> I mean, remember those things. I, I had one many years ago. Again, if someone is offering you something, that, so for example, let's say DirecTV Sports Package or Sky Sports Package, it's very unlikely that there's a way to get that for free. If DirecTV are charging for it... Right, exactly. You know, and, and and that's why I preach so hard in my episodes, like how the technology really works behind the scenes. Because when mm-hmm. you learn that, you'll be able to go when you see a product. Wait, that's impossible. Because I bet a lot of people really, consumers especially, yeah. don't really think about how much infrastructure it takes to run a streaming service. So right. when when I was showing them the TV fix, I was like, guys. Where's the infrastructure for this thing? How could it possibly work? And also, by the way, premium channels are encrypted. Like, when they go to televisions, they have to be decrypted. So are you saying the TV Fix guys are decrypting this stuff and then sending it to the TV Fix? Okay, let's say in theory that they are and they never got caught. They would totally get caught. But let's say they didn't. Where's their infrastructure? Where's their towers? Where's their stations? Like, they would need to rebroadcast it somehow, but it doesn't exist. It's nowhere. (laughs) Exactly. You know, we talk... you know, um, uh, um, yeah, encrypted cable. Um, mm-hmm. Again, you know, Virgin Media in this country, that is all encrypted cable. You can't decode that. So interestingly, it's one of the reasons that Silicon Dust don't sell a cable version of the HD Home Run in the UK mm. because there's no unencrypted cable. Whereas oh. in the US, you guys um, do have uh, that option for sort of public access. Anyway, mm. Ken, thank you. I, I think this has, been, this has been genuinely fascinating. I've oh, really enjoyed chatting through this before we wrap up where can people find the computer clan where can people find these episodes and and where can people find out more about you because you are very active on twitter you you do mm-hmm. post a lot of really cool stuff and it's worth saying of course oh, yeah. that we've highlighted the scam busting stuff but I, I do want to take the time to say that ken's other content so installation success uh, sensation videos one of my favorite videos the rare oh. and retro tech stuff yeah thank you 
Yeah, um, you've read my mind, like, YouTube and Twitter are my big places, so I'm, if you just Google Computer Clan, you'll find the YouTube channel. You can just go to YouTube.com slash Computer Clan. I'm on there as well. And my Twitter, which I'm very active on, is at the Computer Clan. I would say that is, like, my second platform. Like, YouTube is my main. Twitter is my second. That's a good place to not just stay in touch with, like, what I'm uploading, because I do announcements on Twitter, but I also just post other fun things, like things that aren't big enough for a full episode, I'll just post about or like other tech humor and things like that. I'll, I'll post on Twitter. And there's, there's a lot of behind the scenes stuff on your Twitter. Like when you were yeah. doing the SSD, you obviously had a little rant about Windows interrupting your 96 hour <laughs> test. Yeah. yeah. So like I'll, I do have my more behind the scenes stuff on my Patreon, but yes, I do post some like sneak peeks and behind the scenes stuff on Twitter as well. So that's a good place to get some of that. Yeah. And, um, on the YouTube channel, I tried to make it like super easy with playlists. Like, yeah. there's a whole playlist of all the scam stuff. You can just play it, binge it, go nuts. But also the the rare and retro tech stuff I do. There's a playlist for that. The new technology, which I jokingly call new technology (parentheses) at the time. <laughs> uh, there's a whole playlist of that as well. So like the three main things I do on the channel, you can just they're in a playlist. Super simple, easy to binge, made to be bingeable. Awesome, it's all right there. Mm. And I think it's probably worth um, highlighting, you do have merch as well, because you're a proper YouTuber. Yeah, yeah, I do have an Etsy store with some cool stuff on there. Uh, I just recently launched some cool sticker packs, and I do have autographed items as well. And sometimes I sell some, like, one-off things, like special props or something I used on the show and other autographed things. I do sell those. And actually, I am working on a new sticker uh, that I'm going to be selling soon. I've actually told no one this publicly yet, so you're the first one. Congratulations. Thank Um, you. Everybody loves Craig Federighi from Apple, right? And his, like, yes. nice hairdo. Yeah, so yeah. I am making, a like, a cartoon version of Craig's head with, like, a really nice swoopy hairdo with, like, sparkles in it. Love and it's it. going to say Hair Force One on it. That's going to be my new yes. sticker merch dropping soon. <laughs> okay. We were going to make we were gonna make a um, sort of Instagram thing about this. But I want to ask you, are you a Stranger Things fan? I haven't watched it, no. Okay. All right, all right. I'll put this out there for people. Take a, if you're a Stranger Things fan, take a look at Matthew Modine's Dr. Brenner and just think, is it, could it be Craig Federighi in an alternate <laughs> life who's had a really bad life? Oh my gosh, I gotta look that up now. Because I was thinking the same thing, because like, I watch Mystery Science Theater, so I watch bad like sci-fi movies. And there was a father, like, farmer character in there, and I'm like, that guy looks like Craig Federighi, what the heck? <laughs> Oh, the movie was called A Touch of Satan. So if anyone wants to Google A Touch of Satan, look up the father character who's a farmer. He's a walnut farmer. <laughs> yeah, he looks like Craig Federighi, but maybe like 10 years older or something. Oh, wow. <laughs> Can I just say as well, I, I absolutely... Craig Federighi is one of my favorite Apple people. Oh, he's funny. I love Because him. A, he embraces the Hair Force 1. Yes. <laughs> Two, every, I don't know about you, but every time he does the talk show live with Gruber... Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So good. Yeah, absolutely. You know. So, Ken, thank you again. I mean, I could ask you so much more. The, the only final thing I wanted to ask you about yeah. was the Notch book. You produced a little book yeah. with a notch in it. Yeah, it was so when Apple introduced the MacBook Pro and it had a notch in it, of course, the internet freaked the hell out because Apple puts notches in their things. So I thought, wait a minute. Apple's been putting notches in things forever like not necessarily on screens but in other like architectural features of their products so i made a coffee table book called the notch book and i went through my collection and photographed a bunch of notch shaped designs in apple's history because there's a ton of them so i I released a version called the Notchbook Pro, which was like a nice hardcover version of the coffee table book, signed, but I did sell out. However, I still have uh, paperback copies people can buy, which are are print-on-demand, so I can make those whenever, but I I am sold out of the more, like, premium autographed version of the Notchbook. Which sounds a bit like Apple's MacBook Pros, to be fair. Just limited availability and... Oh! uh, Yeah, yeah. (laughs) Terrible joke, I know. It, I know. Is it limited availability? I don't know. I mean, it's, it's, oh, maybe, hang on, no, no. That's just my limited availability of funds to buy one. There we go, that's what that is. <laughs> All right. I, I will say, I finally did buy a new MacBook Pro a few months ago, and oh my gosh, it's amazing. I've, I've used my like 2013 mm. for eight years, but the Apple Silicon and everything, it's so amazing. I've never heard the fan turn on the HDR, like 120 hertz display. Holy frick, it's such a beautiful computer 14 I inch oh, yeah. i just stuck with the 14 inch it's so portable and it's so fast i don't need the giant 16 no. it's good i am yeah. so excited
disappointed for the M2 MacBook Air. I, I'm applying mm-hmm. for jobs at the moment, and I keep looking, okay, is it will they provide a device? Will they provide a Mac? Oh, I'm definitely applying for that, because for what? For customer support? No, MacBook Air M2 would be beautiful. That would be nice. (laughs) I will say, uh, on that topic, stay tuned because I do have, I will be getting it and I'll be like pitting it against the first gen MacBook Air in a Tech Misadventures episode. So we're going to have some fun with that as soon as I can get my hands on it. Uh, I'm not part of the embargo, but like I will be pre ordering one ASAP and I'll do an episode as quickly as possible. Because that's a nice thing, of course, is that your content, and again, to wrap up with this. It feels genuine. I, I've mm-hmm. never felt once that you've sort of been coerced into a video. Mm-hmm. Um, so thank you for that. Um, yeah, absolutely. Thank you, everyone, for listening. Thank you so much, Ken, for your time and, for again, for being willing to jump on our, our little show. And in the future, we might have to have you back for more retro stuff because I'm trying to put together something on Retro Max. I would love to have you on that show if Ooh. you're up for it. I would love to. I can talk about Retro Max all freaking day. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> Okay, folks, so you can follow us on Twitter at CrosswiresMG for show notes, including the links to the channel, to Ken's channel, and the playlist, particularly for the scam busting episodes. Make sure you head over to crosswires.net. Our YouTube channel is at crosswires.net forward slash YouTube, and I promise there are videos coming. I just have a few things going on at the moment, but we have some great stuff coming. You can leave comments on the blog post. You can also leave comments in Good Pods if you're a Good Pods user, and you can email podcast at crosswires.net. Until the next episode, take care.